My theme this morning is Holy Spirit, part one. What does the word holy mean? Throughout the Bible, the word holy refers to a person or to a thing that has been set apart, usually for God's use. Holy also refers to one that is perfect in goodness and righteousness, one that is without blemish, one that is sacred. The word spirit refers to, and there are five definitions, so bear with me, an influencing force or forces that has no body, no form, or no limitation. Spirit cannot be affected by the physical body, but the physical body is affected by the spirit. Spirits. Spirit can have negative or positive impact in our lives. Spirits can be evil. Spirit can be unclean. Spirit can also be holy. And this is the one I choose to speak about today. Spirit can also be an intoxicating alcoholic drink that contains a minimum of 20% alcohol. We are encouraged in Ephesians 5.18 that we should not be drunk with the spirit, i.e. drinking too much alcohol, but we shall be filled with the spirit. And why then have I put part one? You see, what I would like to focus on this afternoon is Jesus' first command that he gave to his disciples after his resurrection. He gave them two others. But today I want to focus on the first. And that is, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sister Raj, for reading the, the lesson this morning. And I'm just going to set the scene so that we can get this in context. It is the morning, what we call resurrection morning. Christ had been crucified. He had died. He was buried. And on this particular day, he rose from the grave. Now, if we read the same story in the book of Luke, we will see it in a little bit more detail. Luke 24, if you like to follow. Earlier that day, Jesus had met with Mary and told Mary to go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. Jesus also met with two men as they were traveling from Jerusalem to a place called Enemas. At first, they did not recognize who Jesus was. But as Jesus, when they got to their destination, sat and broke bread with them, their eyes were open and they recognized who Jesus was. The Bible tells us that they get up and they go back to Jerusalem to the other 11 disciples and tell the other 11 disciples that Jesus is indeed alive. But guess what? They did not believe them either. So the text that was read this morning John 20 verse 19 starts by saying, then the same day at evening, so we're still talking about resurrection day, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. Why was this important? You see, 
At this particular moment in time, the disciples were afraid because what they had done to Jesus, they thought very well could be done to them. So they locked the doors. What they were talking about, we do not know. I could only assume that they were talking about the events that had happened over the last three days. I would also assume that they were perhaps talking about what Mary and the two men from Eminus had told them. But still, the Bible said they were afraid. Now, if you flick across to Luke 24, sorry, and verse 37 through to 38, Jesus says to them, peace be unto you. He shows them his hands and he beckons them or encourages them to handle. In other words, put your hand in my hand. Take your hand and touch my side. You will see and you will feel the prints where the nails were. You will see and you will feel the hole where the spear had gone through. The Bible tells us at this point they started to rejoice. Why? Because when they first saw Jesus, they thought he was a ghost. So in the West Indies, we will say a duppy. And I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost, but they thought he was a ghost, just something that had risen from a dead place. But after Jesus said, handle me, Bible tells us that they rejoice because they realized then that it was Jesus. And again, Jesus says unto them, peace be unto you. Now, the first time I believe the first greetings was a salutation. We know in the Jewish culture, they greet with salom or with peace. The second time, I believe, and this is only my belief, the fact that they twice did not believe what they had heard about Jesus rising from the grave, I believe twice he says to them, okay, You didn't believe me. You didn't believe all that you heard. But I'm telling you, I have forgiven all of your doubts. I have forgiven all of your fears. Peace be unto you. The Bible goes on to say this. And he said to them, when he had said so, sorry, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. As the Father sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Now we know when we come to the Christmas period that Jesus took on the form of flesh and he was born as a baby. He grew up as we all did. But there came a point in time in Jesus' life when he too went to the Jordan to be baptized of John. The Bible tells us that after everyone else had been baptized, and Sister Margaret, if you can put this up for me, please, that would be great. After everyone else had been baptized, Jesus himself being baptized and praying came up out of the water, the Bible says, according to John, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descended from heaven in the form of a dove and it rested upon Jesus. Now, this is important because John was praying early in chapter one, I think it was, when he was saying, well, how would I know who this person is? 
And it was revealed to John that the person on whom the Spirit rests upon, he will be the person that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's part two for another time. But part one is receive the Holy Spirit. So God has sent the dove to rest upon Jesus to show, I believe, two things. One, whenever God calls a person, whether in the Old Testament to be a prophet, a king, or a priest, they had to be anointed. And they will do this by using oil. So I believe that although Jesus is God, he was already filled with the Spirit of God because he is God. So what God was doing is he was showing to you and to me that whenever he calls us, he anoints us. And he does that via the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus said unto them, as my father sent me, I am going to send you. The disciples were afraid. They had walked with Jesus some three and a half or so years. They were with Jesus all the time. And now Jesus, just for three days, had left them to their own devices. And they had gone back into their own self, into their natural state, afraid. Jesus know that we cannot do what he calls us to do in our own esteem, in our own self. It takes more than me. It takes more than you. It takes the Holy Spirit. So Jesus breathed upon them and say, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. In other words, the second thing, God will not allow us to try to do what he has called us to do without first imparting his spirit upon us. And if the Holy Spirit had to fall upon or sit upon Jesus to show that God had now called him to start fulfilling the ministry or the reason why he was born in the first place, it is the same for you and I. You see, sometimes we try to do church in ourselves. And we wonder why we are not succeeding in the way that we believe church is to be done. I say this, and I say it in love, because we try to do it in ourselves. Jesus didn't allow that to be the case. He said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Why? Because, and we can read this a little bit clearer. Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus repeated this again in the book of Luke. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. To send me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and to open the prison to the 
that are still in chains, to those that are still bound. Sometimes we think that it is just about preaching and it is about teaching. But I dare to say that is not the case. If you are a child of God this morning, whether you are sitting in Harvest Temple, whether you are watching online, I declare that each and every person who goes by the name of child of God must have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must have the Holy Spirit within us. Because God himself is a Holy Spirit. And if we want to connect with God, if we want to maintain, hallelujah. If we want to maintain the connection that we have with God. We need to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on to say to them. In verse 23. Whosoever sin you remit. They are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain. They are retained. What is he saying? Has he given me, Veronica, I use myself, power and authority to tell someone that their sins are forgiven? I do not have that authority. But the Holy Spirit does. Jesus makes it clearer. He says unto them, some 40 days later, I am going to go off now. And I'm going to send you into the world to preach the gospel. Not, I am going to send you into a church or into a vicinity to preach the gospel. But I'm going to send you into the world to preach the gospel. What Jesus is actually saying is, your lifestyle is preaching the gospel. And we cannot live the lifestyle that God requires of us if we do not have the Holy Spirit of God within us. We wonder why sometimes things are messed up. We wonder why sometimes we are not getting through. Because I dare to say, the Holy Spirit that we are supposed to receive It's not actually operating within us. If I look at the English definition of the word receive, it means to take something. If I look at the biblical definition of receive, it means to take hold of in order to use. Take hold of the Holy Spirit. In order to use the Holy Spirit. So wherever I go, whatever I do, brothers and sisters and friends, the Holy Spirit is the one within us, controlling us, directing us, guiding us. We talked earlier, we sang earlier that God is a good God. Phil was saying earlier that the There are times and the times that we're in, we feel as though we're going through some heavy burdens. But you know what? Jesus said to the disciples, 
that when he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will abide, hallelujah, with us. So no no matter where I go, the Holy Spirit is with me. No matter what trials I have to go through, the Holy Spirit is with us, hallelujah. If you think your burden is grave, I submit, allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to help you carry that burden. If you think that the pain that you are going through right now is too grave for you to cope with, the job of the Holy Spirit is to help us bear the pain. The job of the Holy Spirit is to help us to walk like Jesus. The job of the Holy Spirit is to help us to talk like Jesus. You see, when we speak to individuals that are unchurched or unsaved, that's what the Spirit of God is doing. The Holy Spirit ministers to that individual. When that individual stops fighting the Holy Spirit, when the individual surrenders, that's when our spirit can connect to their spirit because the Holy Spirit is now within that individual. So when that individual accepts the gospel, accepts Jesus into their life, they are accepting Christ. They are accepting the Holy Spirit of God. And that is why then we can declare to that individual that their sin is forgiven. So let us get it clear. As a person, I cannot forgive your sin, whoever is listening. But the Holy Spirit is the one that forgives and enters. And when that takes place, we then confirm that sin has been forgiven. Jesus continues to say, and those who refuse the Holy Spirit, their sins are retained. So when the gospel is preached, when the sermon is preached, when the song, songs have been sung, when all that happens, happens, And we still turn away. And we still walk in ourselves. We are refusing the Holy Spirit. And when we refuse the Holy Spirit, what we are actually saying is, I will continue or I would rather continue to walk in my sin. Hallelujah. And that is why we can therefore say, And whosoever sin are retained, they are retained. It is not about us here, but it is about the Holy Spirit. Forty days later, Acts 1 verse 4 through to 8, Jesus commanded the disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. The promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit. You see, as we go out to minister, as we go out, and when I say minister, I am not talking about preaching and teaching. But as we go out to live our lives, to be a reflection of Christ, we need to have the Holy Spirit governing us in everything that we say and in everything that we do. In verse 11 through to 14 of Acts 1, it tells us this, that as Jesus went up into heaven, The disciples returned to Jerusalem because Jesus had told them not to leave Jerusalem. In other words, stay in this place, stay in this city until you receive the promise. The Bible says that they stayed. But how did they stay? It says that they continued daily with prayer, And with supplication. In one accord. They continued daily. In one accord. One accord. In unity. You see when the Holy Spirit is in me. And the Holy Spirit is in you. They have to be unity. We have to be in one accord. It's impossible for me to divide myself. It's impossible, therefore, for the Holy Spirit to be bickering and yet calling us together. It does not make any sense. So I say this clearly. When we have the Holy Spirit within us, and I'm not talking so much about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. I am talking about having the Holy Spirit within us, having Jesus himself within us. There will be unity. There will be peace. There have to be unity. There have to be peace. They continued in prayer. What were they praying for? I believe they were worshipping and glorifying God. Why? Because now they have seen with their eyes that he indeed has been risen. And all that he had said to them while he was walking with them has now come to fruition. And that has inspired them. It has given them the confidence that God would have them to have. And supplication. Supplication means to have humble petition or request. So God had, Christ has said to them, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so what they were doing, and this is particularly For those who have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I am coming down. If you have been praying and hoping, and I use the word hoping deliberately. If you have been praying and hoping to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that has not yet happened, can I encourage you to take a Leaf out of the disciples' examples book. They daily, daily, day after day after day, sought after God. The Bible tells us that when we hunger and when we thirst after righteousness, Bible says that we will be filled. 
So don't wait until we come into the building to start seeking and to start praying and to start requesting. But daily, morning, noon and night, seek after the infilling of the Holy Spirit and you will be filled. Before I take my seat, if there is one here today, whether in person or online, and you have not yet received Christ, but you would like to, I will ask you please to raise your hand. If you had been walking this pathway of Christianity, but have not really and truly experienced the Holy Spirit of Christ, I will ask you to raise your hands. We cannot get to heaven without the Holy Spirit within us. It's impossible. We cannot have a grand time in heaven without the Holy Spirit within us. It's impossible. And so my third call is this. If you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would ask you to raise your hand. Okay. If your hand is raised, I would ask you to take another step of faith and stand, please. I would ask you, please, if you would mind just coming forward. But even as we come forward, we will maintain social distancing. And I'm going to ask for the mothers and the fathers of this church that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask if a mother or a father, please, can just stand behind one of these individuals. Hallelujah. 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 I would ask that we will continue just to pray and to worship this afternoon. 
We are not here to spectate. But we are here to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, your children stand before you. You see their hearts, oh God, and you know their desires. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, God, that you are here. You are here in this place, Father. And you are here to touch. You are here to fill, oh God. Each and every one who shall call upon your name. So we ask, dear God, that you will do your work this morning. And you will breathe, oh God, into these individuals. Lord, that you will fill them with your spirit. That they should receive, oh God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He who comes with fire. He who comes with power. Hallelujah. To anoint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do your work now, O Holy Spirit. We call upon you. Our cups, O God, are empty. And they are raised now to you. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. If you can sing that for me, please.